detective. Thrill me. Thanks for tuning in to the Thrill Me podcast. We're finally back. Apologies for taking so long. I put out a quick message on Facebook. Uh, we had some technical difficulties and uh, scheduling conflicts. AKA deleted episode. <laughs> um, more, more information on that when we actually get to that particular episode. So stay tuned on that. Yeah, we're in the middle of a salvage job. <laughs> no Gibbo tonight. He's fucking fuming. <laughs> He's fuming somewhere. Yeah. But uh, he will not be available for this one. So it's just me, Maddie, and Jared. Tonight's film, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Obviously, there's a reason why Gibbo's not here, based upon that. He's not a horror aficionado. I believe he uh, mentioned he was happy to let this one slide. Is that correct? Uh, no, nah, I forgot to give him the DVD. That was, uh, uh, yeah. that, was that was entirely my fault. That's all Yeah. Once that happened, I believe his words though were, um, "I won't be upset if you blokes do it without me." <laughs> so, so here we are. Here we are. Uh, before we get to that, a little bit of up or down. They put the Deadpool two trailer. I believe it's the full trailer. Finally hit. That's directed by David Lettich, who did John Wick and Atomic Blonde, I think. And it's obviously stars Ryan Reynolds. The trailer looks pretty good for me. It seems very much in the same vein as the first one, which works fine from my end. It's definitely an up for me. Yep. I think I'm an up as well. I liked the first one. I definitely liked it. You um, had some reservations. Yeah, I had some reservations because I thought at the end of the day it was a it was a decent movie that was that was funny and that's why it sort of kicked it into high gear that oh this is great it's it's for me it was a, it was a seven out of ten but it was a hell of a lot of fun hmm. so I'm all for Josh Brolin in this one too hmm. like I'm I'm keen to see what he's going to bring to the table and the first one like I enjoyed it well enough to say yeah I'm an automatic for this one but yeah what we're seeing in the trailer is more of the same and that's that's fine by me so hmm. I'm, I'm an up. Yeah, uh, I must be the only man in the world who hasn't seen the original Deadpool, but uh, just about. But, but like the the trailer looks good enough to get me to go back, and I'm keen to watch the first one and get into the second one as well. So yeah. uh, they've done their job. A bit of humour, a bit of action. I'm keen to see what happens. I've got the Blu-ray. I'll um, forget to drop it off. To <laughs> <laughs> I, my only concern with Blue, um, Deadpool is is kind of like it's so meta and so kind of cool that I think sometimes you can verge a little bit too far into that yeah. and, it, and then people start going jeez I'm sick of this shit you know like and, yeah. and, and I think Deadpool's on a on a nice edge the first one got the balance right mm. you only need to tip slightly the wrong way and you're going to lose some of your audience because they're going to yeah. go oh, we're sick of this kind of crap it's kind of like a, a, a bit like a Will Ferrell or something like that yeah. when, you, when you balance it when right. you balance it out, it can be pure gold. But if you go too far, then you you know you might, as you said, push it into being a bit too into yourself and yeah yeah. And, and look, I'm not saying that's going to happen here. I mean, I like to think that they're they're again trying to keep that balance right, mm. um, and it, hopefully it'll work again. The first one was good enough for me to say, even if it was a step lower. Not a great step lower, but just a little step lower, I'd still be pretty happy. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not too concerned about that, but I just I worry that it that sort of stuff... The inevitability is that it is a sequel and it will probably be worse. Yeah. But uh, I think there's probably enough there to make it worth going to see. Yeah, definitely. A couple of pieces of news that we thought we might comment on. The first one is uh, 
there's two uh, a new sort of pair of writers being placed on the Die Hard sequel, the latest Die Hard sequel. Mm-hmm. Now, this the information that I know of it, which is not uh, there's not heaps of it. I believe Len Wiseman, who directed the fourth movie, is back, which is a good thing because I think the yeah, fourth movie fourth worked right. well, and I think the action stuff in that was really well done. So that's a plus. The idea that I that's been floating around is it's going to be a kind of mixture of sequel and prequel. So obviously the older John McClane will have a role, but it will go back and flash back to his past when mm. he was young. Mm. And something that happened in the past will reappear in the in the future for him, you know, so it'll come back. Yeah. The, the pair of writers involved now are um, Chad and Kerry Hayes, who wrote the both The Conjuring films, but there's yeah. not really a lot of information beyond what I just said. My take, look, I'm a huge fan of the series. I mean, it's very, very... Even, even the last one, I kind of... There were some moments I liked, mm. but not many. I don't want to see the series die with that one because I thought it was the worst of the lot. Yeah, easily. And I, this idea could work, but it would have to be fucking tight as a drum. Yeah. It would have to be super tight. And and I understand not having him as a 65-year-old man mm. running around jumping through, you know, off buildings and shit. It's not, that's not viable. It's not as appealing, is it? It's not as appealing. So I accept that that's the nice way to do it, but... You can see, you can also see the, the the bigger fans being shitty. That you know, it's the, the roles essentially being recast. Yeah, almost. It's the franchise yeah. just continuing so, for the sake of it. But, but I think the idea can could have some legs if, mm. it, if it if it works well. Mm. Um, it also has the propensity to be fucking terrible. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, it's, I, sounds like they've got the names on board though to to make it work or make it something worth seeing. Mm. Yeah, they got some. You know, they got some people there that can. Can push it along. Are we getting Joseph Gordon Levitt back with the young Bruce Willis yeah. face? Luke, <laughs> no, Luperstar. No. Um, I'm a little bit tentative. Obviously, the name just gets you. You know, we're excited to have Die Hard being thrown around again. The one thing for me is that having read Die Hard Year One, mm. as you did too, the, mm. the prequel comic, it was all right. But there was always this underlying feeling of how is this never. It doesn't work that this is never brought up in Die Hard because mm. the, the whole thing about Die Hard is he's just the average cop that's get put gets put into this situation. So having been there before, it never really worked, the prequel stuff. So the idea of him having something in his past that maybe he didn't think was so big but then comes back now might actually work better in mm. that regard. So from if it's going to be a prequel, then I'm interested to see how they do it this way. Otherwise, just fucking reboot the thing. Yeah. Or go with an old Bruce Willis. That's that's your choices because I just don't think the prequel can, the prequel can't be big otherwise. Well, it depends on what you what they do with it because, to me, you can have the prequel elements, but they have to be the smaller scale stuff because yeah. the, the big explosions and shit. Yeah. If all that's happening in the past, well, once again, you come back to, well, why do we not hear about this? Yeah. This I mean, why who, in Die Hard Two are we saying? This? How did the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Yeah. Well, yeah. Back if it's a third time, <laughs> third time, Bruce, you know, you really, you should be... And I, and I think the comic, the comic did try and go away from that somewhat. They were smaller scale incidents that yeah. occurred in the comic. But it was but still it, a fairly 
large plot that was involved in. If that was the case where there's something small that he doesn't see a connection to that then comes back yeah. in some way, okay, I'm interested to see where you're yeah. going to go with that. Like, if it's yeah. a cold case or something, though, then yeah. the action surely should that, be yeah, in the later on, though. Yeah, exactly, the action yeah. should be that actually that could That could work. It just would have to be done right that... It's a prequel, but only in smaller scale yeah. at the start, and then you, you roll into the bigger yeah. item. It seems yeah. like that's what it's got to be. But, but then Bruce we'll would see. have to be doing the action. Yeah. Yeah, but stunt man, I mean, I guess you can get away with it yeah, one more body time. Du- body doubles, body doubles yeah, and stuff. He still looks young enough to pass for a 55-year-old. Well, <laughs> I guess the thing about him is because he's bald and has been bald for years, mm. it doesn't stick out like dog's nuts <laughs> and he's fucking lost his head. Yeah. And now, oh, shit, that guy's 60. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, the other day I, I was watching TV and on came the Deadpool, the um, Dirty Harry, yeah, Fifth yeah. Dirty Harry. Mm. <laughs> Poor old Clint was looking tired. <laughs> Clint was about to enter the Deadpool yeah. at that point. <laughs> he wanted to. <laughs> Plus, Jim Carrey was in the picture, so he's probably fucking <laughs> talking to producers going, get that fuck off the set, ASAP. <laughs> so was Liam Neeson cranking out a piss-poor accent. Yeah. But that's what I mean. These films... Can't go on forever. Yeah. It's the same as the talk about Indiana Jones because mm. that that cropped up again mm. just recently. That that's Spielberg's next picture. Yeah, like Spielberg needs to be said. I'll, I'll executive produce. Yeah, that's it. I don't and want to be involved in it's this. Gotta, I think Indy's got to be recast, and I mean that's the perfect example of one that you can. They did whole series of young Indiana Jones and all this sort of stuff. I mean Harrison Ford has got no interest unless you ring him with <laughs> seven figures. Essentially, <laughs> then he's talking to you. I mean, I'll do three lines. <laughs> he doesn't care at this point. He doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Yeah, Let's it, move on. Let's shuffle off. We'll move on to another another person, possibly reboot that series. See, again, again, I think people are uncomfortable sometimes rebooting these these major franchises like that. Yeah. But I think, I mean, is, it's just, we've just got to accept it at yeah. this point. And my thinking is, look, you have to. If you want to have that character ever again... You, you gotta go. You back. have to go back and read. People need to understand yeah. that this, there's no difference between this and doing, you know, Sherlock Holmes films. It's a character that's been James put Bond, in there. And now you for keep. Instance. Yeah, you got. Yeah. You, if you want to see him again, we keep going back to him. And if it's not Harrison, we just live with that because yeah, the right. bloke is set. <laughs> They've recast Peter Peter Parker that many times. Yeah, yeah. people still go and see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just it's whether it's going to be a good movie and a good story or not. I don't really care if. It, it, you're morally bankrupt, whatever. If you've got a good Indiana Jones story with a young actor, I'm in. And I think, I no, no, no disrespect to Steven Spielberg, but I think that, that that part of his career is is finished. You know, like... <laughs> even the though, part where he wants to speak to Harrison Ford? No, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 he's happy to take Harrison's calls, but Harrison's not making calls yeah. until it's a seven-figure... <laughs> Contract. Yeah, that gets you on the phone. Eight figures might get me on set for a couple of days. <laughs> but yeah, you know I mean, like Ready Player One is the first time he's gone back to that eighties Spielberg. Yeah, and it made sense because it was yeah. kind of paying homage. Well, to all that basically, stuff. let's face it, it was essentially a love letter to him. Yeah. Um. So it works perfectly. I just think he Crystal Skull showed that. For the first time in his entire career, he did it for the money. Yeah. Crystal Skull was a pure money-making exercise. And he's put it out there, wasn't it? Didn't he even say that he disagreed with Lucas's script and whatever, but just, you know, went with it to keep the peace? Yeah, yeah. Everybody disagreed with the script except Lucas. (laughs) 
But it's funny because even the Darabont version is similar. Yeah. It's similar. Yeah, it's yeah. got a lot of the same beats that the movie ended up being. Mm. So people were saying, you should have taken the Darabont script. Yeah, but it was the same shit. Like, well, yeah, at the end of the, the day. It, didn't it did, yeah. yeah. So at the end of the day, it was the same thing. But yeah, I just think that was a money-making exercise, and I think if Spielberg wants to stay involved, it should be in a production capacity only. Mm. But then you don't get Harrison Ford. Like, to me, Harrison Ford saying, well, I'll do it for seven figures, plus yeah. these people have to be there. But this that's, the, that's what makes me laugh. You don't want a young person that might actually really be enthusiastic about the role and want to do really well. You want the old bloke who was fantastic when he was that guy. Yeah. Now he couldn't give two shits about being <laughs> that guy. But we've got to have him. We've got to have him back. No. Guys, they just need to reboot Sean Connery doing a voiceover. <laughs> yes. To make it really good. That's it. That's it. David Connery, mate, he, he keeps thinking it's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. He's not taking any calls. He's not getting on the phone for any amount of cash. (laughs) Not after that experience. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think remake it, reboot it. I mean, this is a luxury that something like Predator's got. Yeah, it's character. Arnie was only in one film, and it was the first, and it was early in his career, so he didn't Mm. have the kind of clout to be saying, yeah, here's, here's... Here's a massive amount of cash to come back for a sequel. I yeah. think they actually did approach him. The, predator, the Predators are a too. bit more uh, sellable than archaeology, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plus, Predator has not relied on stars. It has relied on the creature. The beast, yeah. Mm, yeah. And same with Alien. Mm. Well, if you wanted to make an Alien film, you didn't need a star. Yeah, um, you just need a good script, which yes. they haven't found. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because Ridley Scott's making every movie out of the sun. Oh, mate, he's run into something. Ridley got onto planning the next three Alien movies and forgot to plan this one. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Alien Flux. Very excited. <laughs> bloody hell. Oh, All right, on. second piece of news. So we got off the attention, but this is piss funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> film, German filmmaker Uwe Boll Good name Has come out on Bowl Twitter Bowl, to Bowl Bowl. Yeah. Manute Bowl <laughs> Wasn't his nickname was His nickname was Toilet Bowl Wasn't it <laughs> um, He's come out on Twitter In Saying that He's going to sue The uh, makers of the new Rampage film With Dwayne Johnson <laughs> Sue Warner Brothers Asshole <laughs> Because he made three <laughs> pictures called Rampage back in the late 2000s. And um, it's kind of like um, he's stealing from the This movie's stealing from his brand yeah, or something. Yeah, like. his brand, mate. Yeah. <laughs> now, just to let you know, those three films, I haven't seen them, but I, they are nothing to do with giant animals ripping apart the city. They're nothing to do with the game, specifically. And if a guy's gone off on a tangent, including photographs of him... <laughs> <laughs> looking at the poster and sticking his finger up at it <laughs> and scribbling you know in in paint he's scribbling fake rampage bullshit <laughs> on the poster Honestly, it's fake news it's fake news what is this guy on I don't know he's just lost it's hilarious it. it's absolutely hilarious and as we said you know He's got to be aware that the Rampage films were... Uh, the Rampage game came out in, like, 1988 or whatever. So, I don't know. I think I agree with uh, what Maddie said. Perhaps he knows it, this and he's, he that that massive brand of his, he's actually trying to get it a couple of views on it. <laughs> yeah, I, he's not, and he's not above... He's not above doing, you know, gimmicky shit to, to plug films and stuff. No. So, I mean, he I believe he also um, sued another 
movie about the poster that looked yeah, allegedly looked blood like blood rain. rain. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm assuming, you know, he took cues from other people's work for the blood rain game. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the bloke is a madman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he. I believe he still throws a reasonable left-right combo yeah, yeah, in yeah, the look, ring because he punched out a couple it, of... Um, he actually he got some bad reviews, so he challenged the reviewers to a boxing match. Turned yeah. out he'd done some pretty decent boxing in his day and yeah. tell these blokes... Look, oh if we God. get the invite for Raging Bowl 2, we won't be, <laughs> we won't be accepting, put it that way. I just want to put it out there, I think he's a very nice man. <laughs> Lovely boat. Uh, like uh, look, again, I, I'm with you. I think this is pure publicity. Yeah. That's that's all. That's, uh, he's been quiet on the movie front for a while, I think, hasn't he? Yeah, he retired. Didn't he? Remember when he went on the another time that he was on a rampage himself <laughs> and he was saying fuck Hollywood and all this sort of shit and retired? Which was only a year or two ago, wasn't it? Maybe he's setting himself up for an autobiographical pick. Maybe. <laughs> a biopic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think... The guy, like, he's he doesn't make good movies. I think we all know that. But the guy's not an idiot. No, he's a shrewd he's, businessman. He's because he was pulling in budgets at one point yeah. for, dra- dra- was it D- Dragon's Lair or whatever, the one with Statham, yeah. which was a $50 million budget. Yeah, because he was, I mean, he's put it out there that it was a, it was a bloody tax shelter or something. He'd get half the money back from the government. And then I believe, like, the kind of reputation that he got for being such a bad filmmaker actually probably made his mo- movies more money because people would go, oh, fuck, Huey Bowles got a new movie. We better check this yeah. out. <laughs> and they all pop up in the lowest 100s and so people kind of watch that rather than watching a middling movie that's, that's not right. going to be great. And not a middling movie with expectations. Yeah, you go yeah. and see one of these flicks and yeah. you go in expecting uh, the, the worst. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think the bloke's, you know, shrewder than we give him credit for, but fuck, it's funny watching him blow up on videos <laughs> <laughs> I believe he's got a commentary on one of his films where he basically leaves halfway through it as <laughs> a, a, a gigantic rant and then leaves. <laughs> this is the kind of you can't you can't this you can't not laugh at this kind of stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. It is. It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah. Look. I, I look. I'm I'm right behind um, Mr. Bowl <laughs> in, in his court case. Yeah. I, I hope he gets I don't up, think he's going to get through the door. But so the Rampage trilogy is what we're doing next. Yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> we should actually we should do bowl. We should do toilet bowl. <laughs> might still sit over the bowl films. We oh, might sit yeah. over the toilet bowl after watching it. Yeah, I don't know if we can survive it. To be honest, <laughs> Patrick Kimbo. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would be challenging bowlers. He, he, so let's do it. <laughs> he would. He would. He would quit. <laughs> <laughs> he would quit this podcast if he if we had put him through that. I reckon. Uh, Although we put him through worse. Yeah, we had. Yeah, I mean, there's some production value to some of Bowl's films. <laughs> there is. Yeah, but Pieces is a cult classic. Ah, uh, yeah, he's still bloody, he's still and dirty. Our that. horror is not quite there, but we're going to make it a cult classic. Oh, but he didn't have to watch that one. I'll give you. All right, let's take a quick break. Here's the trailer for Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Silas buried his body in the field and dragged Molly from the house, hanging her in the farm's apple orchard.
how much cardio I have to do. It's ridiculous. There's that whole thing of making it look like you're walking. And everybody else is running their asses off. Everybody thinks we just wake up one morning and start obsessing about a girl and start stalking her, killing everybody that gets in the way. That does seem to happen a lot with you guys. That boy, he's going to be the best yet. There are 11 exits from the first floor. Another eight or nine that might be manageable from the second floor. <laughs> All the obvious weapons, I've sabotaged. Are you doing We're not going to have this conversation. Oh, why? What, you get in the van. You have no idea who you're dealing with. So how will this play out? How will this work? You won't like what you see. I promise you that. I'm so happy. Make sure you're getting this. Go! Oh, start. What we got filming those cameras, boys? Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon from 2006. Uh, it's directed by and produced and written by Scott Glossaman. The screenplay was also written by David J. Stevie. Now, he was interestingly included in a documentary about making it in Hollywood as a screenwriter called Dreams on Spec. I actually read the book version of it, which was kind of cool because it had some of my favourite writers like Shane Black and that talking about their time in Hollywood. So... It was an interesting thing, but I think the documentary actually covers off on this film, mm. about him writing this film. It stars Nathan Basil as Leslie Vernon, Angela Gothels as Taylor Gentry, Robert Englund as Doc Halloran, Scott Wilson as Eugene, and Zelda Rubenstein as Mrs. Collingwood. I couldn't find any information about the budget. I don't think it's large. I think it's possibly less than a million dollars. Pretty low. And the box office was about 69000 in the US, so it didn't really make a lot of splash. It actually made a lot more of a splash on DVD, if I'm yeah, not sure mistaken. That's where yeah. it made it. Sort of came out as a bit of a cult one. At the beginning, Taylor is actually standing in front of the Red Rabbit pub, which, of course, is a reference to the original Halloween. There's like 50 references in this. Yeah, there's yeah. quite a few. There's quite a few references. I do like that one because it's a little more understated. Yeah. Okay. Maddie, your thoughts? I've given it. I gave it about a two and a half. I wasn't sure. I was tossing up. I think two is pretty much just for the idea. I love the idea of it. The the concept of uh, interviewing the the guy who's trying to make a name for himself as a slash. I thought that was brilliant. Right. It was really self aware. Like it knew what it was, and I think it might have lost a bit of legs near the end when it sort of tried to twist the comedy or the. I guess the the explanation of what was going on into an actual plot. Hmm. It got a little bit weak at the end there. But um, there's some good bits in it. Your slasher actually looked pretty good and um, the characters were all giving you a good crack. So, yeah, two and a half for me. All right. Jared? Right. So I actually um, I kind of watched it one and a half times in preparation. I went back and kind of reviewed a couple of little bits to mm-hmm. clear a few things up. I was actually going to go with a three and a half, but I think I might push it up to a four to oh, be honest four. 
I mean, it's squarely aimed at, at horror fans, for starters. Mm. So I think you get point extra points there just for indulging that a little bit and then oh, some yeah, of the absolutely. references that happen. The premise is great. Like, it's a great idea. It's kind of, in a way, you think about it and you think, how did it take so long for someone to kind of think of it and put mm. it out there? But it's actually done really well. Like, it's not just the premise. They actually, you know, use... They put their thoughts out on horror movies in some interesting ways. Maddie's spot on. It does kind of lose some legs towards the end a little bit. But yeah, I just I don't know why when I when I kind of reviewed it that extra time, I was just I found it even more enjoyable. So I yeah. went with a four just because it, yeah, it does indulge the horror fans in that way. Um, and to get a really good crack at what they were trying to do out of it was uh, a bit of a win for me. So. Huh. I think it um, it works out really, really well. Surprisingly, the documentary stuff is its strength. Mm. You know, I don't usually like this kind of stuff. Mm. I'm not a not really a big found footage or whatever you want to call it type of thing. Um, but something like uh, Lake Mungo or whatever uses a similar device, which is a documentary, a doco series type of thing. And this actually works in its favour really, really well. It's obviously made cheap, but it doesn't really show its show itself to be like you, what you find with cheaper films is you know bad acting, production design, all that type of stuff. Yeah. But it's not required. The, the idea, production design yeah, works perfectly. The idea lends itself to yeah. the the movie that they made and doesn't need yeah. to be massive. And I think yeah. the key actors are excellent, mm. especially yeah. Leslie Vernon. He is fantastic. Overall, it loses its steam at the end. That's that's its biggest issue for me, and that's why I gave it a three and a half. I would have could have pitched to a four, mm. but I looked back on that ending and just felt that they kind of dropped the not dropped the ball, but they kind of lost their grip a little bit mm. um, near the end, and that, that's its one letdown. Like really, it's it's got limited ne- negatives for me, <clears throat> very yeah. limited negatives. And plenty of positives. So three and a half. It's a, it's it's a really good film, especially mm. made on such a, a tight budget. Yeah, I think there were definitely things in there that because I haven't seen as many horror movies as you guys that I would have missed. They would have gone over my head. So I think in saying that, that's probably why my score would have been a bit lower than you guys. Yeah. But. All good, matey. We're not going to we're not going to bloody you know cut you down for doing that here. Gibbo's been uh, giving one and a halves out for a couple of years now. And we're yeah. around, so. um, the, the 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 most I think the the biggest like of the entire film is the premise. Yeah. yeah. What I love about it is it's a good premise, but in the wrong hands it could have just been the premise and that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's they take it in nice little directions and they do a lot of really cool sort of little things with the whole slasher movie formula. Yeah. They continue to come back to the formula mm. and talk about it and show how he incorporates the formula into yeah. what he's doing. Mm. And those things are really cool. I actually can't think of many better ways either to, to deconstruct the horror films by using the killer himself mm. as like an interview subject, but then also create someone that you want to set up in the ranks of the great slashes mm. they've kind of simultaneously done those two things really well mm. they've given you the deconstruction of the genre but then you look at Leslie Vernon and you're like he holds up he yeah. holds up as one of those slashes because they've constructed a good little story around him they've given him a good look but then he's got that element yeah. of 
you know, you're in this movie too. And so. it just gave them an opportunity to talk about different conversations. Who's the best slasher of all time or what? how slashing has changed over the, yeah. I guess, the, the, the course of the, of the last 40 years of horror movies. Like, yeah. I, I thought that was like just a really solid way to, to start some debates between yeah. some horror fans. <clears throat> yeah. And it Excellent. kind of takes place within this universe that mentions all these mm. movie serial killers that we know. Yeah. And it does it in a kind of a nice way. Like, it's not too ham... A couple of times it's probably a little bit ham-fisted, but for the most part they kind of touch on these characters but don't go overboard with any of it Mm. and force it down your throat. So if you're not a horror fan, you know, you can still get something out of this. Yeah, and the way, like, um, probably the prime example of that for me is when he's talking to his mentor and he starts talking about how they used to do it and he's like oh you know you'd hit a place and then you'd go and they wouldn't know who it was or whatever and then he starts talking about Michael and Jason and it's clearly referencing how they changed, changed movies the Yeah. and he's talking about oh the way they just you know cut a swath and then no one would find him again and he you know he talks about how it was a radical change in philosophy and it changed the business and yeah. it's hmm. you know it's common commentate uh, you know commentary on the movie business and it works really well like it's not that's where you, you know you're talking about that balance that sort of stuff was spot on yeah, yeah, yeah. and he, how he kind of throws in you know you get all these hacks who who, who cut a spot and then got caught or killed <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. it's kind of like yeah he's talking about you know the, the burnings and the, yeah. and these type of movies that were yeah. around at the same time as Friday the 13th and all them, hmm. but didn't make the kind of money and didn't become household, didn't have sequels, you know, like all that stuff hmm. is interestingly sort of weaved in there. Yeah. That conversation is excellent, in fact, that conversation he has with his mentor. Yeah. yeah. And, in yeah. fact, his mentor, once again, like, kind of comes off as a bit of a, yeah, he's a family man and, yeah, yeah, yeah. his wife are laughing and having yeah. a you know, good old time. And, and then when he chop it, you know, he's chopping up the veggies and he gets a little bit fired up, yeah. they look down and it's fucking... Yeah. It's, it's like it's been obliterated. Bl- yeah, it's <laughs> like it's been blitzed. It's been... <laughs> um, the other thing was, it wasn't he supposed to be, I think initially he was supposed to be the killer from Black Christmas. Yes, yeah. So that works even better uh, because, yeah. you know, that, that was the one that didn't have the sequels and it was yeah. kind of the, the first... The first know, American kind of, yeah, slasher. slasher film. So if he's the one that's talking about that, that works even better. Just, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, that's one thing that doesn't work in terms of it doesn't specifically indicate that in the film. Well, that's yeah, I guess somewhere was, in the trivia somewhere. Yeah, I guess it was the rights and that sort of thing. But with that knowledge, even if it's not really, even if it's not true, I, I can't yeah. even remember where we heard it. But mm. it works. Yeah. Mm. So it's kind of even if you're watching that just with that knowledge planted in your head, that's like yeah, that even makes because you kind of like. This was the sort of the the, the, yeah. the daddy of the slasher He's film the mentor, that didn't you know? make the didn't get sequels, and then yeah. you Halloween ended up using similar devices that Black Christmas used, the point of view and the and all that sort of stuff. Mm. That was then Halloween, then took a lot of that and did that, and then Friday the Thirteenth took stuff from Halloween, and so I get yeah. I get that, and I think that actually does work if you yeah. if you look at it closely. Mm. Nathan Basil as Leslie is excellent. Awesome. He's really good. He's perfectly pitched as charming and sort of interesting and then unhinged and, and yeah, loose yeah. cannon. Mm. He know. keeps this disconnect. Even yeah. in his charming moments, like when he um you know, when he's doing the card tricks and that, 
Then he just kind of says something and kind of looks at the floor yeah. with a kind of half smile on his face, and he just manages the whole time to keep this fucking disconnect between yeah. him and the group. And, and the yeah. whole the whole thing about him saying, you know, she's off limits and he can't talk to her. And then when they do try and talk to her, he, he fucking, fucking flips, loses his it. shit and mm. grabs her by the throat. Yeah. And, yeah, he's sort of menacingly telling her, you know, I told you she's off limits. Even the subtle, um, I only keep pets that I can eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was awesome. That was really uh, awesome. yeah. That's for sort of showing that he is a little bit, even though he comes across like you said, it's so friendly. Yeah, yeah. and when you first There's meet him, he kind of does come across as a, a mate of him. Yeah, yeah, a mate. Yeah, but there's always this sort of slightly not quite right about him. Mm. Um, and it, then it sort of blows up towards the end, which is good. But he is really, really good in what would have been probably a fairly difficult role. Yeah. Um, to to pull off, so yeah. I really I was really impressed with him. I liked his look. I really did the the, even though the mask looked a little bit like your John Merrick the Elephant Man, but he was other yeah. than that like the the, the mini scythe and he just he looked like a murderer. I, like I actually him. loved it. You know, yeah, yeah I, it, the mask had um, elements of like Michael Myers, like it, mm. it kind of had the facial features. Um, but it was blank as but well. But it was blank, and it looked kind of like a kid. And then he had the overalls, a la Jason. But they were ill-fitting, so they kind of made him look like a kid as well and retained that kind of yeah. story of him, you know, being thrown over Developing when he was a kid. Oh, I actually really loved his look. I thought it was, mm. it, it was, it referenced those other ones, but had a real sort of style that would would you know play on its own. If I'd mm. seen that in a standalone slasher flick, yeah, that's it. That's nailed the look for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, and just the way they used him as well. The, mm. the he could he could kill someone effectively, and and you bought it. Like yeah, a, I was less. Impressed with the look, mm. not because I don't think it's it was it was a, it was decent enough, but it just I mean it's hard in the slasher game this late in the game to come off with a cool sort of look, and I don't think it I don't think it gave that at all. Mm. I, oh. I, find, I kind of found I didn't it mind it. On, get on, and on. I didn't like the mini scythe. Like it's, it's it's no machete or you know it doesn't have. See any that's real the thing. Power. You, you kind of just what you said. You can't do that. You you couldn't have the yeah. machete. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he was hamstrung. They were hamstrung slightly by the fact that I didn't so mind I, it. You yeah, could I do different scythe, things. And I thought the scythe was excellent because it all fit with with his. Yeah, I mean, it was all part of the whole storyline. Um, but yeah, I just didn't find it very. Cool. I guess that's. I just fair enough. You know, the test. One of the work. tests for me is I still look at that video cover and I just stop and have a look at the cover and see yeah. the mask and think, yeah, that's that's fucking. Good. You pick that up if it was on the video on yeah, the shelf. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll get to that. I mean, look, I haven't gotten like I didn't hate it. I just didn't. It did nothing for me. Yeah. And, and it it looked kind of cheap mm. for me. That's that's just my thought on it. But again, you're hamstrung by the fact that Michael Myers and Jason. Just they they got the luxury of nailing that shit in the early eighties or the mm. late seventies. I mean, the Michael Myers one is still the best look of the lot oh, for amazing. me. It is just fucking phenomenal that mm. and that Jason, fucking I mean, faceless killer in this mask that it actually has features, but it's all white and it looks yeah. really creepy. Mm. Jason, Jason is more iconic and cool. Jason know? was a yeah. stroke of luck, you know. Like he, he was his original look was the generic of the generic, you know. Yeah, the sack and the, the sack out of the head, yeah. But they just, yeah, when they found the hockey mask look, they nailed it. Yeah, so that's been the that's been the um, benchmark ever since. Basically, those two. Yeah, there was a ton of nods to Jason, Michael, Freddie, 
And as I said before, I think they were really nicely sort of fixed in. Yeah. Um, I really like the one of Kane Hodder just randomly walking into the fucking house yeah, of Elm Street. Elm Street. Yeah. Mm. And they're going, can you talk to us? And he's like... Yeah, talk, to me, talk to us about your name <laughs> or a friend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he just sort of disappears into the house like a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, looks a bit was... sort of pissed off or something, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the... Because people have a tendency to just... Um, Oh, it's Kane Hodder. It's Jason. You know, we've got to get him for a role somewhere. So that was it. Was nice to see it. Just a little restrained. It's just yeah. a glimpse of you yeah. know of, of Jason walking into Freddie's house. Like, yeah, yeah, I like that. I think it's kind of cool that Robert England is a is a small role. I think everybody knows who he is. Hmm. Everyone who knows horror films, hmm. and, and a lot of people who probably don't know who he is, and he's effective because he's only in it. For probably about five minutes, I think. Yeah, his, his, his not a lot of screen time. He's really not. Yeah. yeah, two scenes and that's it. And I like the way it's kind of like he's Doctor Loomis. So, yep. pretty much, you know, yep. that's how he looks. He's how he's dressed and everything. Yep. The girl skipping. Yep. At the front of the house, you know, the the Freddie skipping yeah, stuff was, was there. What else? Did wasn't we there have? a? Wasn't there the the box from Hellraiser? Was there somewhere? Yeah, somewhere in that his, was in shown. His house on the shelf or something. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, yeah, there was stuff sprinkled throughout. And apparently the turtles were named after the ones from Pet Cemetery as well. Oh, really? Mm. Right. Named after the two that. pets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there we go. So I kind of dig the, all those little things. And they're little Easter eggs for horror fans. Um, and I think it worked out well. It, mm. it wasn't too sort of obtrusive, which had, some of these movies have a tendency to do, is they have a tendency to cram this stuff in. Oh, look at how cool yeah. this is. Look how cool that is. Yeah. And then you're just like... Yeah, you've you've lost me because it's too much. It's too obvious. And I think yeah. they've done it. I think they did a really good job of that. Yep. The tricks of the trade, like that was what I really loved about this movie. How oh. he talks through the tricks of the trade. He talks through how he's going to do everything. And the bit how, about like the, the bit about the cardio is. But he's sitting there. You don't know how much cardio I have. <laughs> He's talking about, you know, the running. you got to keep up with your run. You've got to run like a gazelle and then make it look like you haven't, uh, you know, you're not breathing because you, you're supposed yeah. to be walking everywhere and all this. Yeah, that was that was outstanding. But they also, they did a really good job of throwing in moments like that that were kind of funny with moments of really digging into what slashes are supposed to represent, like talking about the closet and then talking about how you're going to pick up the weapon and that's empowering yourself. It's phallic and all this yeah. sort of stuff. Like, mm. that stuff was great. And then they put it in at the end as well. Yeah. Like, she, she actually does everything that he yeah. that, exactly. that you expect. Yep. And, you know, he talks about how he picks his targets. Yeah. And then he, it's, he says that thing about, he looks over at the nerdy bus and he goes, <laughs> what you do is you... You nail a few yeah. of them to pad the stats up late the film. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's exactly how these movies go, you know. They start yeah. off with a lot of stalk and, and, you know, you get a kill and then suddenly, you know, one every 15 minutes and then by the end he's just cut the swath through everybody to get get the final girl. So yeah. I kind of really enjoyed that. He talks about the location. He talks about the final girl, how he picks a final girl and what he expects in a final girl, yeah. you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that same, on the same token, the outside the restaurant, they're sitting there, it's like you're watching a movie set, film it, and he's explaining, he's like the director and he's explaining it to yeah. the camera crew. Yeah. But, uh, and it sort of takes away from the actual scare that exists, but uh, in doing so, it's just enabling the, the movie to, to take its take its flight as yeah. we're explaining this stuff for you and yeah. but we're showing you how it actually well that's it it yeah. kind of I don't know. it's I hard really liked to- it. yeah I did like how you like kind of set it up and then yeah. shot the scene like it would be in the in a horror yeah. film yeah which was cool yeah. and I think the film obviously had to forego 
tension and scares. You know? Yeah, that's you right. You weren't going to get that. That's not what you were going to get here because the concept doesn't allow it. Yeah, that's right. Because you're hanging around the main guy is the killer. Yeah, so, and the, the, you know, in place of that, you're supposed to be sitting there like with a grin on your face saying, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really cool yeah. how they've explained yeah. how he's got around it. Like the library scene, I actually really like that one, how he's talking, you know, this is, I'm, I'm going to put this on the microfiche. Some, um, yeah, the microfiche. And she's like, it looks just like, yeah, computer-generated image. It is her. Like, yeah. you know, I've put, it, I've put her face onto a... Yeah. You know, like... That stuff was excellent. Yeah. And then, they, again, they show him, you know, creeping around, talking to them while they're, you know, hiding in a stack of bookshelves. Yeah. And then the, the scene plays out. Yeah, like, that's right. That was, that was great. I thought uh, that was he sets up the He sets up the narrative and the mythology and all that in that one sequence, which takes maybe two, three minutes. I thought it was actually pretty smooth how it went in, in and out of yeah, look, this is an actual horror at movie. At times, it, it, it. some of that was a little clunky. Yeah. Um, I got. I get why they did it. Mm. Like I know why they did it. That's that's what you were trying to show was yeah. here's the actual sequence. If we if it was a slasher film, yeah, problem right. with slasher film. Here's mm. what it would look like. A couple of times it kind of was a little clunky just because yeah. I think those scenes were short, and I was really enjoying the time with yeah. you. The explanation is yeah. what I wanted more of. Yeah. See, we I, we disagreed on that too. I remember yeah. you you mentioned that during the library scene. I was like, oh, I really like this because it's. I think it's supposed to be a little bit hokey and a bit cheesy. Yeah, yeah. That's, and I you know, know why it was there, but and I just know. found him so so good to listen to and just all that stuff to set up and everything mm. was so so cool that kind of just... But then you kind of needed it. Otherwise, if you, yeah, you, you never knew, that, knew what happened, you never see how it's playing yeah. out. And I like a couple of times they actually did it where they cut you know, straight from them watching him run yeah. into place into the scene. Into the scene, yeah. I thought it was really good. I liked to, you know... And you I, needed it to, to see, you know, the white, bring in the white whale, bring in, you know, bring yeah, in Doc, yeah. Doc Halloran, do all that. Yeah, yeah. You needed it. Um, the library the library scene is especially, I think maybe that one probably goes a bit too long in movie mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, when she gets the explanation out. But again, they just dump that, they dump his story out yeah, through quickly the little out from in Poltergeist the, yeah. and then he's standing behind and... Uh, like, I, yeah, I thought... I, I didn't mind that so much. I thought that worked pretty well for the most part. Mm. My, maybe down... There's one There's the one end, in particular towards, towards the, the end, end where it falls, that doesn't really bit. work yeah. because it's kind of like, here's the setup, and then you sort of see what's going to happen. Yeah, it mm. gets and a bit it's obvious, kind of like, doesn't it? But why? You didn't do that before. the cameraman, it gets a bit obvious with the Yeah, with the you didn't do that before. You, you, you did... You came to the scene, and then you went into it. Mm. But this time, you're explaining the future of what's going to happen. Mm, and yeah. I found that one to be those, very clunky. Yeah, those parts were a little bit clunky, I thought. Everything about Eugene, I liked. Yeah. I just felt that that was a nice relationship. Mm. It, it, it was like mates. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It was two guys chewing the fat. And unfortunately, they're talking about fucking cereal murder. <laughs> <laughs> the best part... Father-son sort of yeah. stuff right there. The best part about that, and again, this is stuff... This is why, you know, my score's gone up because it's one of those movies I go back to and I still notice things. Yeah. The part that really got me this time around was in between all that stuff about the slashes, he just drops the whole, you know, we're in the business of fear and every culture's had its boogeyman and, you know... Yeah, that without, was good. Without yeah. the evil, you don't know the good. He's justifying sort of himself and yeah. their yeah, existence. they're justifying the whole existence of these. Yeah. And in a way, you know, it's the same... I remember having this, these same conversations about slashes to people who just look at you and say... You watch horror movies, you must mm. be weird. And it's like yeah. it's not that at all. Like it's there's this whole thing to it, and they kind of encapsulate that in his sort of stance on why they're slashes. Yeah. And again, that that's kind of 
how some people look at you. Like you, you, you get in a conversation with someone at a barbecue like they're at, and yeah. you say, I watch horror movies, and all of a sudden they look at you like you are a fucking slasher. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that stuff and that, you know, that the, the people were interviewing him trying to understand it all and, yeah, it was a cool explanation, the whole business of fear thing. As I said, I've got a dislike with the whole sequence where he's talking about the, the setup for mm. the big finale. Yep. But I really love the bits in between that where he's explaining what he's going to do. Mm. So I'm going to be here and I'm going to take her out here, and I'm going to remove the head of the axe and everything like that. Yeah. You know? That stuff was awesome, because it was basically just taking the slasher film, the big slasher yeah. sequence of finale, and breaking it down into yeah, pieces. Yeah. And I thought that was... I love the, really the, the pre-cracked axe. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these cool sort of things where that those questions always get asked in the finale, you know. Mm. Oh, why didn't she run away? Why is the car not starting? Why yeah. is this happening? Why is she and going he upstairs? He explains yeah. to you why yeah. it's going to happen. Like and does it all, yeah. So um, I even, really enjoyed that. You know, even on the way to his sort of twist, he, he gives them the whole spark plugs thing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, at that point, you don't really know. Until rewatch, you don't really know that he's basically just telling them, I've taken yours too. Like, yeah, he's yeah. fucked their car up. Yeah. All that stuff was really cool, yeah. I did think that when we finally switched at the end from documentary mode mm. to film mode for the finale, that actually works mm. in the sense that it's the best way to end it. Yeah. You, yeah. you couldn't go down the documentary route. We'd yeah. done that. Because they'd be switching the cameras off. We'd be having the same quest questions yeah. about what are you doing running around, like, around, around the camera, camera and things like that. So, so they switch nicely yeah. yeah, and it does actually work. Yeah. Yep. But that's the whole thing with the concept and that's the thing that's going to turn people off as well as suck people in yeah. is that it is. It's a You have to suspend a little bit of disbelief with that because it does start off as a doco and it's pure yeah. doco and then it transitions. But again, that's I found that a little bit weak, the, the way that... I guess uh, I was enjoying the comedy. I was enjoying the uh, we're mates. Let's talk about murdering people. Yeah. I was enjoying that probably more than I was the other side of it. Yeah. But uh, and I felt it was a little bit rushed. The um, his death I found a little bit rushed, but um, still effective and entertaining. Yeah. Mm. Me and Adam watched it, and I had a lot of questions about this. But then when I watched it again, I picked up on a few things that I didn't see, and mm. and. In the end, despite some of the things that still strike me as a dislike, I like that it's the girl that's been interviewing him. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a couple of really cool moments where he's talking to her and basically telling her all these things about the girl and he's telling, you know, she's saying, you love her, don't you? And he's like, I love the idea of her. And he's looking at her and you kind of... yeah. You're not sure if it's a sexual interest yeah, or if it's yeah. actually, yeah, I want to kill you is, yeah. the, is the thing. And then, you know, when you, upon the rewatch, knowing the twist, you're looking at them having that moment. And then there's the other one where he's kind of, you know, just head down, kind of, you know, taking it in. And she doesn't know whether, you know, she's holding hands with him and stuff. And I'm like, I kind of like the, yeah. where it goes from that point on. There's still a couple of questions I've got about it. But I like how they're sort of connect. They're kind of making this connection on screen, yeah, and saying that she's the one. Yeah, that he's going to be doing this all too before they then go and rip it apart. I mean, the it. twist is cool. Yeah, to yeah. me, the twist is cool. Yeah, really. and the idea that 
he had always had her in mind yeah. as they started working together, and the other girl was just a just a ruse, basically, yeah. herring, in yeah. a way. That was cool. And you see those bits, you know, when um, when they're having the barbecue or when they're going to visit Eugene again, and they're saying, you know, um, is this the, the the wife says, is this the thing you're working on? And obviously talking to him like, this is your crew. This is yeah, the ones you're going to take out. But we're referring to the doco. Oh, yeah, this is the thing you're working on. Yeah. And then later on, Eugene says, you know, looks at him while she's, ta- she's asking him questions. And he looks at Leslie and says... I like her. She's a firecracker. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some of those moments. That Am I imagining? Really did they well. did they figure out that the girl in the restaurant was actually not a virgin? Is that, yeah, 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 yeah. So then they walk in on her rooting the yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, some random stuff. That's kind of where it all starts to the yeah. scenes all start to yeah, tear yeah. apart. Yeah. But sort of, it's it's such a clever way of doing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was really good. And yeah. it's, um, as I said, I've still got a couple of questions, and that's part of where. It lost some points for me. Yeah. And I reckon, you know, I'll probably go and watch it again next time and say, no, I'll drag it back to the three and a half because that that overtook it a yeah. little bit this time. But, the, you know, when I watched those those couple of scenes leading up to it that I'd kind of glossed over a little bit yeah. earlier, yeah, um, it sort of held more weight for me. Mm. Yeah, and it's like any, anything with a twist like that, you can go back and, and revisit where we were yeah. and see something that sticks out mm-hmm. and says to you, that's, that's where it was coming was actually happening yeah my last like is I just love the end credits to um Psycho Killer by uh, yeah Heads. yeah and again and it's know. done through the um the CCTV footage and it's all sort of like grainy and sort of you know yeah sort of the clever way to do it yeah clever it was cool it. and then how he just kind of sits up I thought, I thought that stuff was really cool it was just a really nice way to end it yep um, uh, any other likes here I don't think uh, I know you're gonna. You'll probably give me lay the boot in here, but I, I really liked England in that role. <laughs> I know you. There was one point where you were blowing up, and I was kind of like, "But remember, remember when we were talking about Loomis, and you were saying in that, you know, in Halloween, he was just ham. pure ham, and England yeah. was, you know, ham with the side of bacon." I tell you what, yeah. I did. I, I I didn't hate him. I didn't hate him. I just every time I hear him talk, I think of Freddie's dead. Yeah, and I think it's a bad god, connection to have. Like my god, like I think with with Robert England over the years, I have come to learn that as Freddy Krueger, he had some great moments, but and he's some, not much of an actor. And some stinkers as yeah. well. He's not really that great an actor. He has a real. Um, he's very theatrical. Yes, kinda. he he talks so you know he's it's like he's yeah. a um he's just sort of he's talking with his hands and you know, yeah he's all, yeah he's all excited. And I didn't. I don't think it really hurt this because again, he was only in it for five minutes. Yeah. So, see, I know. I can. I totally get what you're saying there. I could see a little but bit. As soon as you, but he, walk, he walks up for the first time and he goes, "What do you think you're doing?" All yeah, I yeah, yeah, was, yeah, "Holy yeah, shit!" And fucking Freddy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> see that exact bit. He's like, "What are you doing?" And they, you know, they say nothing. He's like, "Why are you recording?" And all, this, and all I could think of was Loomis with the. Hey, hey, Bonnie, hey. get your ass away from there. And then, you know, the parts where he's walking in, saying, hey, we had dad on Joe the other night and all that. And I thought, yeah, that's that's why England works because it's essentially, yeah, it's a, a it Loomis impersonation and that's what Eng- England can do that. I guess, I guess um, Donald Pleasance was a great actor who could deliver the ham on, on cue, on yeah. requirement. And Loomis was ham, you know, that yeah, was yeah. what it was. 
Robert Englund also, I watched Urban Legend recently. Mm. I believe you said to me, um, why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But his work in that is fucking awful. It's yeah. awful. But doesn't he give it some credibility, though? These associated with it. Yeah, he did that. I mean, yeah. don't get me and wrong, that's why I felt like it was, it, it, was, it was this combination of it's Freddy playing, yeah. you know, the Ahab character, the opposite role, yes. you know, like, and so in, in, in a sense, it works. Well, you, well, you were probably hearing in your head little things like, "Now we're playing with power" and <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> oh my god, yes, <laughs> I was. But the, the, it, it was actually the urban legend connection that that, that got me here. <laughs> you should because look, that's your fault. fault. You he's falling connected to anything. <laughs> Nobody should be connecting anything to urban legends. He's, 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 he's working that where he's, he's used as like a red herring, mm. and they they find you know the the killers sort of. Um, uh, hoodie with the, you know, the it's got like um, feathers in it or whatever, and the axe in his office, and he's like, "Can I help you?" <laughs> oh my god, man! Like, you know, come on. Yep, uh, you can call the bloody agency and uh, say you're not coming in tomorrow. Yeah. So, but I think he works okay here because it is a short role, and. Essentially, he is playing Dr. Loomis. That, yeah. that, that is what, what they've done. They've basically just made him Dr. Loomis. Yeah. Including, you know, the beard and everything. Like, he looks exactly like... Yeah. Um, Donald Pleasant. That speaks like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other likes? Uh, I think that was it for me. No, I think we've rolled, rolled on those for me. All right. Something will come to me, I'm sure. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, we've probably covered a fair bit of the dislikes from my end. Um, yeah, a little bit. I've already sort of touched on the fact that I, I wasn't a massive fan of his look and I felt some of the little jump-in scenes were a little bit clunky. Yep. yep. Specifically for me, the one that doesn't work is his explanation at the farmhouse because, as I said, it, it, it shows you kind of what's going to happen, mm. which they yeah. didn't use. They didn't use that device previously, so it's yeah. kind of like what where did this come from? Yeah. Why are we doing yeah. this? It felt like if they were going to do that, perhaps they could have been even shorter. Yeah. Like you say, you know, I'm going to do this and then like a two-second shot yeah. of someone getting... Because it felt like we were actually going to the night. Yeah. And then when we got there, it played out differently, obviously. But some of the times I was thinking, okay, so that part they had with these same two guys, is th- has that happened or is that... Yeah. You know, and then when you get there, you kind of lose a bit of that, but we shouldn't have been confused. I mean, I knew why they were trying to do it because they were trying to say, this is what I intend to do. Yeah, yeah. But when I get there, this is how it changed. Yeah. Because the twist has just been enacted, you know? So now we've got a different ending. Yeah, there's ways to make it more obvious than they did. I just think it didn't work. Yeah. Although I agree with you that Taylor being the final girl, it. Is a good twist. I liked it. Mm. Yep. But the problem is, she doesn't fit the mold. What he says he wants. Yeah. yeah. That that was my big. That was my problem. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. They had those nice moments, and then she seemingly at the end reveals that yeah, I'm a virgin, and then yeah. The only way she's rolled up in that other stuff though is by being there with him. Yeah. And so it's kind of like okay, so you've taken this different approach, and it's a really cool approach. But the whole movie is setting up how they have to hit these marks. Yeah. And then you didn't hit the marks yeah. with her. So I was left kind of confused because even in the end credits, we go back to hitting those marks that the killer comes back. So it's kind of like... In a way, you should see the twist. 
Yeah. Because she's the only other female yeah. that we saw yeah. regularly. They started her off, though, like her first first scene, she's like this super cocky, confident reporter, a little bit bitchy. And then I think they went away from that a little bit. Yeah. Like, they, they, it was only in that first scene where she's worried about how she looks, even though she's in bloody turtlenecks the whole time. How <laughs> oh, hideous. But the um, but the fact that they, they start her off with being this cocky, confident person doesn't really fit in, like you said, with that yeah. image of the victim in this case, being a little bit naive, being a little bit uh, and, vulnerable. And he's mm. always talking about vulnerability and then strength and all yeah. this sort of stuff, and this is what this girl... You know the one that he's been watching. Yeah, and maybe that's, that's what why she brings to the maybe table. Maybe that's why he gets that's killed. It's because he's picked the wrong target and it just didn't work out for him. But maybe, mm. but I, I don't think that. I think that's the one thing they didn't get right. They yeah, thought the twist yeah. was awesome. Yeah, but then they didn't close the loop, which would have been to go back to the earlier sequences and get a little bit more about her. Softness yeah. on that her was, part. That, that gave him the understanding, and as the audience, yeah. there's your cue. Yeah. She definitely fits what he wanted. Yeah. And, and, and the twist comes when you find out she's a virgin, you realise, oh, shit. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's kind of like, they do this, they do this scene of her being involved at the library when they're finding out the backstory, right? Mm. Then she actually finds out his backstory, that he's, you know, Leslie Mancuso, not Leslie Vernon. But it doesn't feel like the slasher films that they're kind of saying. Um, everything else feels just like a slasher film. Yeah. Except those ones. But that's ones. the thing. It's such... The, the premise of the movie is that it's exposing the character that's meant to be hidden in the shadows. Yeah. Which is why it can never work 100%. No. But I think the they thing. do what they can with what Yeah. They and it's, it just feels like it diminishes the twist a little bit. Yeah. Which was always... I reckon that was always going to happen. Yeah, it was... I mean, it was going to happen that it was never going to... Obviously, they're presenting him as a different killer too because we're yeah. getting such a look at the character. Yeah. But then when they slip back into the, the movie, she's the final girl of the movie part. Yeah. But she hasn't hit those marks of the movie kind of... She hasn't it's, showcased in the documentary part that she would have been the final girl. Yeah. Like she would have she been has somebody. very, very minimally and not in the same... Not with the same style as they do with the other parts. Yeah. Um, those those ones were really slick and stylish and 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 you know hit those slasher elements and I get that this was the this was the differentiation between that and your standard slasher mm, yeah that it wasn't going to be exactly the same and she finds out that necessary information and she hits those she does those steps but when you get there it's a little it's it's kind of unsatisfying yeah, a little yeah. that we didn't go through that journey with her in, and. What well, you're we saying, we went, we went through the journey with it in a very different yeah. way. What we were yeah, saying yeah, before is that because you you've spent all this time with Leslie Vern, you get to know him. You can't have scares, and you can't yeah. have you've developed a tension. relationship with him. Yeah, yeah. So when you get to the actual finale, that's the week. It's pretty that's weak the, because yeah, right. we've seen him set up for it. Yeah, we get the twist, and initially you say to yourself, and I know I certainly did, really cool twist. Then five minutes later, I'm going. But why would she be the final girl? Yeah. Like, why? Mm. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't work. And then you've got no tension. You've got no scares, and you're trying to present the finale as having those mm. elements. You know, the the idea of the apple orchard. 
Yeah, great, cool. great place to be. Like, mist and mist and yeah, yeah, that was his crystal lake. You know, but that, that doesn't it doesn't work because it's not scary yeah. and it's not creepy and there's no tension. Yeah, well, that's I guess you, you had to give that up. Well, that's well, I guess that's kind of what Maddie's saying. It yeah. does work because yeah. the setting's cool. Yeah, but it lacks that. And the horror element of yeah, it doesn't right. work yeah. because we know and you can't transition into it because yeah. you're too connected to to Leslie and you yeah. you're too connected to the characters because you've seen them hugging yeah. mentors and, and, and hanging out with the guy and yeah. and having a laugh with him. Yeah, so right. you've taken that away, which is fair enough. I'm assuming the filmmakers they would well yeah, and truly knew that. with the speed of it, kind of goes with that. Like the the finale is not prolonged. It's not a huge yeah. chase yeah. or anything, you know. So. I think yeah, I think they were well aware of that. And it needed a bit more. That's I think it needed a bit more blocking as well. The way that they'd set it up with where people were, it just yeah. was a bit clunky. That was. I, I actually think it, it could have gone a little bit longer and should have had a more mm. of an extended sort of blue between him mm. and her, which yeah, you get. That's what you get in your slashes, you know. Like you get these, you know, Jason. How many yeah. times has Jason had you know fifteen minute and biffos with chicks? But obviously, yeah, as we said, that <laughs> yeah. it was never going to be that because. We kind of knew, and we were, what was going and we were on, but pushing to the end. Yeah, we were pushing to clear. an ending that we were we were aware of. Yeah, in a way, but I guess the the thing that maybe was missed a little bit was she knew all the weapons that were were tampered with, and you know he probably had a few extra tricks up his sleeve. So was that where you could have? You could have really nailed the. This is why she deserves to be the final girl because the resourcefulness she, she, and the she basically yeah um, the strength. She, well, she. She doesn't do the things he expects. Yeah, because she's got to find another way to yeah. do it. Um, and, and then plus, you know, she's you could privy still... to the environment he set up. Yeah, yeah and right. you could still end that. You could still end with the apple orchard because that's where not the apple the apple press because yeah. that's what he set up. But the way you get there is different because yeah. she knows this axe isn't going to work because the head's going to fall off or whatever. Yeah, but she goes straight for the weapon that is faulty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, you know, she ignorant. finds mm. another way to do it and get to his ultimate ending, then that seemingly is his his defining moment. That's what yeah. he wanted, this girl that was yeah. worthy of it, and, and but and still then, ended the way that he'd set and it And what that yeah. does is that kind of, it's trying to say, well, yeah, even though she was aware of it, it's classic slasher movie trope, she would go for the weapon that doesn't work or whatever. She'll yeah. run upstairs when she shouldn't. Hmm. But that then undercuts what you set up before. Yeah. Is that this girl has she seen everything. She's the final girl that And she is the final girl. Yeah. She doesn't do the stupid things. Oh, well, that's it. And she does the smart things. Yeah. yeah. And there was an opportunity there for the tension in that because she could be like, you know, she could quickly get to the weapons rack and go to pick something up and then be like, oh, no, not that one, but get something else. But again, because he set this all up, he's fucked with something yeah. else too. Yeah. Like, but also, he, it puts him in the, under the pump then suddenly because yeah. he's got a. He realises, oh, shit, I didn't, you know, she's got a weapon that actually, maybe she cuts him or something, yeah, and he realises, oh, bloody hell, you know. So, presumably, am I... Could have taken that approach could and I just be, played with it again? Could I be right to assume that he's fucked with the apple apple press too? Well, I can only assume. Because she, you know, he's, he's said that he can play dead. Yeah. So when she squashes his head with the apple press... He could be alive. Yeah. Well, he's, we know he's alive because he comes up at the end and yeah. he's talked about that trick that Eugene was talking yeah, about. Stop playing dead. Deprivation, so deprivation. Was that, a, was that, was, was that, that element that I'm talking about and maybe it was maybe, too well but, hidden or something? But, it's, it, again, it's not 
well enough explained to say that yeah. that was occurring. And I understand why, because you couldn't say that, because then if he says, yeah, if he says in his setup, oh, and I've also rigged the Apple press, so, you know, I yeah. can't die. But he can't say that. Yeah, he that's sees, right. That's, that's the that's trick right. up his sleeve, yeah, you know. That's yeah. the one that, so it's basically possible. we know because he, he knows this trick to play dead, but... Whether you can play dead or not, if you've yeah. got a working apple press, it's fucking squashing your head. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's still right. going to squash your head. Yeah, You're not yeah. playing dead. So, so that's maybe, maybe what that's what they, they were trying to say is yeah. that he had mucked with the, the apple press. Yeah, and that's why. He and that die. was his. And that's where I guess that what you're saying there could have been more to that final scene to show her ingenuity and her being worthy of this status that he's placed upon her, mm. and he still gets his ending. Everything's set up for him now to be one of the great slashes. Like, yeah. So it's kind of, in a way, yeah. talking about this makes it more ingenious the, yeah. the way they've set it up. But some of it's really confused on the screen. Like, yeah. It feels like they didn't quite. I just feel that they didn't take the right approach at the end. Yeah. Which would but, have been. Yeah. And and in and to really usurp the. And change the dynamic would yeah. have been that she killed him, not with the apple press, but yeah. she actually killed him. It's because hard. She, yeah, she changed see, it up. It's just so hard because she's—they've set her up as being in his trust circle, and they just changed the relationship yeah. completely. Yeah. So it's just difficult to see. So if they kill him, I think that weakens it. Yeah. Because the whole thing is his master plan. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And so that's why the apple it, press. We, that's why the assumption is the apple press must have been. Like some people hated played. that. Some people hated that stuff in the credits, but I like. I no, but see, oh, you expected that because he he'd already not you expected he would come back. If she kills yeah. him, yeah, that doesn't happen. And yeah. then you kind of like, yeah, so what about all that stuff about playing possum and yeah? So in the, in a sense, those those end credits are the final final piece to the to, to the, the puzzle. Puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I must have switched off. I did not remember him sitting up. Yeah, yeah, he sits up. Yeah, yeah. In this, in the end credits, right at the, the end, CCTV. the credits are rolling. So the credits up are rolling, and you just see the, the guy yeah. in the morgue doing the work, and then he just. Ah, okay. I must have missed that. Yeah. So yeah, it might have been a half star then. What, what I think they did was <laughs> everything else. Star. Everything else worked well, except that. Yeah. The fact that she didn't come across as. Yeah. To me, she was weak as piss. Yeah. Like she, her. She she did the things that she knew damn well he <laughs> he'd mucked her out with. Yeah. But and she did him anyway. And although I get what they're trying to say about slasher the films, is, these people are so stupid that they'll just take yeah. do oh, those stupid true. things. Yeah. This was the opportunity to do the opposite. You got to survive. Yeah, you got to have. And it's you know that would have worked so well. Like he's he's just placed her on this pedestal as you're the you're the one that can survive me or whatever. Yeah. While still enacting his master plan of yeah. I'm going to be the Freddy and the Jason. An opportunity, an opportunity to shift the genre as opposed yeah. to fit into the rules. And in a way. Yeah. In a way it would have also worked into his master plan as well because she she gave him a a, she gave a him fight, a run, you know, yeah, a yeah. real run, and and he 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 survived it. You know, yeah. it, it yeah. all worked out in the end for him, and it all yeah. works to his reputation that this yeah. girl was, you know. So I just think that that was probably a misstep there. That's the one thing they didn't quite get, mm. which I think would have worked far better in the in the wash up. Yep, and would have made it a real sort of it would have been really really hard to criticise. Yeah, because it would have been on the right on the money. It still is in some ways. Yeah, like it's a, they did a really really great job of it, and it's another it's a movie that I'll go back and back to for yeah. sure. Like, and I think it's probably got you know it's the, the sort of movie you can watch again and sort of see another few little things that you didn't pick up, and maybe yeah. who knows? It's kind of for me, it's already hit that 
essential status. It may be, it's, it's not a classic in the same, you know, I wouldn't talk of it in the same reverence as like a Halloween or an Elm Street or something like that. But if someone's asking me about slashes, it's an essential. Yeah. yeah. Like you got to, once you get into it, you got to watch this one. You'd send them to Scream, you'd send them to this. Yeah. And it's just like, to understand how it yeah. actually works. It's like if you want the fun, the meta ones, you go Scream, you go this and you go Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And they all kind of, you know, take that, take that and fun see, element of it. This one deconstructed it even further. Scream, the reason why Scream is so good is it yeah. deconstructed... The, the genre yeah. but was still scary and yeah. it was only still through had, one character yes that one guy. and it still it had the, the horror elements that actually worked and then horror. reinvented with the twist yeah yeah like, like yeah. Scream's that real top echelon but this is not too far behind mm. in no. terms of how well it's constructed yeah, yeah I've still got a couple of dislikes oh really um, Robert Englund <laughs> no Englund's definitely the likes when you were talking about the heavy handed references the one that really didn't fly with me was when he mentioned Chucky yeah. I felt like, yeah, Chucky's the one you can't go with. <laughs> you can't, you know. <laughs> I remember saying. It stretches it a little bit far. I remember saying I wouldn't have had Freddy either because they're supernatural. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can understand Jason, Michael, Leatherface, the possibly. One, the thing that I, yeah, I guess. They're all spree killers who are human. Or Maybe human. that's and human. coming back from the dead, though, is the supernatural version of him. Yeah. And I yeah, said, as I, I said, I said to you, I'd have Freddy. He had the Springwood slasher stuff before he was... Yeah. Mm. I mean, Freddie's also a huge the name in the, in the slasher film mm. era, so... But, yeah, the Chucky, one, the Chucky one with the... I oh know, you know, obviously Charles Lee Ray had his, you know, criminal or whatever, but it just doesn't fit. No. The other ones all fit. Yeah. Um, Chucky's just kind of this outlier. Uh, it wasn't a big problem. It was only, you know, slight mention. The other one that kept getting me was Survivor Girl. I don't know whether that yeah. was a rights thing or something, yeah. but it's always been Final Girl to me. I don't think. So I don't yeah, know. I don't know why they went with that because I don't think there would be a, re- a copyright on that. No, it? I wouldn't mm. have thought so. But yeah, every time they kind of said Survivor Girl, I was just kind of like, it's really minor, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, um, Final Girl works better. Yeah, and that was that was pretty much it. I think they were they were really minor ones, but in general, like you said, there wasn't too much to dislike. It was it was just that one major point about her that I just. You know, I had to kind of sort through myself while yeah. I was watching it. Yeah. Man, I started watching that and I'm like, I know her head. I know her head from something. Yeah. And then just I'm like, I'm alone, sister. <laughs> That's right. That's okay. right. Yeah, I forgot so that was all a, about. I saw it on an IMDb, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's you know, yeah. I knew she looked familiar in yeah. some way." I'm like, I know that bottom jaw. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, other dislikes, Matty? No, no, no. I think. I think, like I said, a, a, a lot of it was, I guess, my dislikes were the, is the, Im, the impossible position that they put themselves in. But there's a lot to like there. Mm. It was a good movie. I don't regret watching it. And yeah, I'd watch it again. That's good. I can't wait for you to come in and say I regret this one and give us a <laughs> kicking about something. That's coming. Uh, sure. We already copped a little bit of it. For it follows, but I'm, there's there's going to be a night where you come in as the giver, just storming in and saying, "Right, you haven't you haven't got below it too." Yeah, and I did one, one and a half. half, and half it follows. Follows. Okay, if you can't, you haven't got below one and a half. I mean, I got down to zero. That's <laughs> <laughs> fucking I think fuming over um, Freddy's, Freddy's dead. dead. I think I gave Matt. Did I give Mad Men? Zero? No, you gave it a half. Did I? Yeah. Revise. Zero. <laughs> okay. I gave I gave the video starring Weird Al a four and a half, basically. 
<laughs> so you you've got you're, you're sort of somewhere between one and a half. And I've four got an, I've got an odd taste. I've got an odd taste. <laughs> All right, that was behind the mask. The rise of Leslie Vernon. If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook. Sequel coming as of this week too, by the way. Thrillme Podcast Australia. Mm. And at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Yes. Ben sent us something about it. Yeah, Mentioned it. And I said, I thought they tried to crowdfund it and didn't get away with it. So the story was they did try to crowdfund it. I was on board for a DVD. I'd purchased a... No, a Blu-ray. I'd purchased a Blu-ray edition, but it never went ahead. They didn't get enough. But just this week, um, I actually saw it the day you were manning the Facebook posts. Yeah. I'd seen it on Facebook because I liked the the, the um, page during their crowdfunding efforts and they posted a picture of like, it looked like a table read. It was just a few people sitting around the table. I think it was Nathan Basil and, you know, a few of the, you know, the directors and whatever. And they had a script sitting in front just on the, on the bottom of the photo. And it seemed to just suggest that it's all, it's, going. it's all going ahead. So interesting. Good news. Yeah, yeah, it is good news. Now, the next episode. Wrong bet. The revised wrong bet. <laughs> Take two Take of two. wrong bet. Look, I, we will, can assure I will expand you, upon it further when we actually record it. But We can yeah. assure you it was the funniest episode we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there will be multiple references of um, lost, the lost wrong bet tapes <laughs> throughout. But, uh, yes, it's kind of take two. We had some technical problems, but look forward to that. Are you the technical problem? I have, I have created some of the technical problems. Well, again, I, 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 still, I still maintain that I didn't have anything to do with this. Yeah, problem. look, I don't, I'm not going to put the blame on you. Cause I think that this... It did look like it was recording. Yeah, you know, the yeah. computer it just has its... Problems occasionally. Are you telling me it's in the computer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was in there. All right, but until next week, take it easy and we'll catch everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.